0: Welcome into the bear down podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights six day right here on ESPN 1000. We host the bear down podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. We're reacting to the bears. They lose a tough one to the Lions, 31 to 30 on Sunday in week 10 of the NFL. And, Adam, as we look at this game and we look forward to Week 11 with the Bears head on the road to face off against the Falcons, who are 4-6, and six, this was a game that we thought the Bears had to get. They could have had it. They were up 14 in the fourth quarter, and they just find another way to lose in this frustrating season.
1: Yeah, it is it is frustrating. And it's frustrating because, one, it's the Lions, and, two, you were up 14 in the fourth quarter. You had a 95% chance to win that game, according to the ESPN win uh, whatever, prognosticator, win probability, whatever. 95% chance. You know how hard it is? Well, obviously, it's not that hard because the Bears found a way to do it. And I think it's because of a lot of things. You can blame the defense. Yes, obviously. Defense played very poorly. They gave up a ton of yards to Jared Goff. You let him march down the field 95 yards and win that game 31 to 30. But also, to me, in the fourth quarter, what happened to the offense? Where was the where were these big plays? Where was this ex- explosiveness? Where was the, you know, the the run pass option that we were seeing for three quarters? Why when you went into the fourth quarter, if you look at the drive chart, did you see all of these plays in the first on first and second down that were runs, that were one and two yard runs? That puts you behind schedule, that puts you at third and long and they were unsuccessful, they had to punt the ball away. Now, the pick six happened, I understand. Uh, and the the Fields' 67-yard run for a touchdown also happened, but the first two plays leading up to that were also just short runs. So I don't know what happened to the offense in the fourth quarter, but it seemed like they kind of went into their shell and turtled a little bit. But also, it's, like it's everybody. Like, it's everybody's fault. Turtle. Like, Fields played great. I get it, but... To me, something happened in the fourth quarter where they just got very skittish on offense.
0: Well, the the possession you're looking at is, okay, so Fields throws the interception. Uh, 100%, that is on Fields. Yeah. Uh, you will hear it first on this show. We're not trying to cover for Justin. No. Suggesting that he's great. He doesn't do anything wrong. That was a bad throw. I would say to those who want to point out that he made the throw the pick six, and they're like, oh, well, he sucks because of that. Well, go ask Josh Allen how things are going. Allen has had, what, four interceptions in the red zone in the last two weeks? Yep. He had three of them last week against the Vikings, so quarterbacks throw interceptions. I think the takeaway is that Fields over the last six weeks has really limited the turnovers, and thus you're seeing progress from him. So, it's a bad situation, bad spot. You could say that cost the Bears the game. You could blame the quarterback. Fields, obviously, uh, is taking that on his own shoulders for that situation, but He is a quarterback. Quarterbacks throw picks, and it's what you do after it. So the Bears come back, and on that next possession, he has that uh, 65 yard touchdown run. So the Bears go up 30 to 24. The Bears' defense gets on the field, and they force a three and out after the field's touchdown. So it's 30 to 24. The Bears force a three and out on defense. They get the football back. This is the situation. First and 10 from the 40. The Bears have the football, 738 left in the fourth quarter. This is your situation to add on your lead mm-hmm. and win the football game. First play, Herbert off the guard, 2 yards. The Bears to the 42. Second and 8, Herbert right tackle, 2 yards. Bears 44. Third down and 6 now. Field scrambles, doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, It goes to the right side, one-yard gain. And the Bears then, three and out, three-run plays, and the lack of imagination that you're asking for, Adam, they punt the football back to Detroit, fourth and five from the 45, with 5.23 left in the fourth quarter. The Bears punted down to the Detroit nine. That possession that the Lions take, they go down the field, they score a touchdown, they take the lead, and they win the football game. That's the possession right there. 738, 6 point lead. You have the football. Your defense just stopped the lines. Yes, you had a bad turnover turnover on offense. But I think you nailed it there. Two possessions before when they went to throw the football, Justin Fields threw it to the other team. The next possession after they they threw that touchdown, uh the interception for touchdown, the Bears basically run the football. Mm-hmm. There's a short uh past a Mooney that doesn't go anywhere. It goes out of bounds, but then Fields runs it for sixty seven yards for a touchdown. they They stopped throwing in the football, and that possession was seven thirty eight left. You have an opportunity milk the clock, get a couple first downs and win the football game. They turn it back over uh, off to the punt, and uh, the lines come down and score, and you can't do anything at the end of the game. So right there, that's the possession I'm looking at. The three and out where you're only running the football was 738. That was it.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's uninventive. It's not what they had been doing the, the whole game. And it's not to say that he doesn't have success throwing the football. He threw two touchdowns to Cole Komet. So, I mean, you can't say that he's not having success throwing the football. He is. I mean, in the last five weeks, so his first five weeks, if you go through his first five weeks, he, the Bears were averaging 17.2 points per game. Fields had 679 passing yards. He had three touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, 194 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown. The last five weeks, week six through 10, he's had 26, uh, they've put up 26.2 points per game, 810 passing yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, and 555 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. So he's gotten better progressively. And so to me, that offensive game plan to not whether, whether Chase Claypool wasn't out there because he was hurt or whatever it is, that led to them losing the game. Like, the offense, yeah, the defense gave up a ton of points, I get it. The offense threw a pick six, Fields threw a pick six, I get it. But the game plan and the offensive play calling at the end of the game with seven minutes left in the game and the rest of the game after that was awful. Because, and that, to me, that's what cost him the game.
0: Fields had the one bad mistake, but he went 12 of 20, 167 yards, passing, two touchdowns, one interception, sacked three times, quarterback rating of 99 still. And then on the run game, uh, 13 carries, 147 yards, two touchdowns for Justin Fields. Uh, I thought he played well. He would love that one throw back. Mm-hmm. I would love for him to not have thrown that interception to the lines. I think if he doesn't throw that pick, the Bears end up winning the game. Uh, But, you know, that's just how it is in in a situation where, you know, the defense can't stop anybody can't make mistakes like that. And we've seen big turnovers to this point this season really um, turn this team from a a 500 or a team that that is really playing good football to a, a bottom feeder in the league.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it is on that defense. If we look at the other, t- other side of the ball, Kyler Gordon had a bad game and a couple bad penalties. Uh, Jalen Johnson had a bad game. He might be injured, too. Uh, but like overall, they didn't generate very much pressure. Sanborn got home a couple times. I get that. But you, you let when the, t- when the game mattered the most at the end of the game, you let Jared Goff pick you apart, which is exactly what we said you can't do. And he picked you apart. For 90 yards and scored that touchdown to put you up 31 to 30, and the Bears couldn't answer. Justin, like has been
0: a problem. Justin Fields after the game talking about the pick six. Dumb
2: play, um, you know, screen the DN, sniffed it out pretty good. So uh, that and I can assure you that will never happen again in my in the rest for the rest of my career. Um, you know, just screen DN sniffed it out. Tried to move him a little bit and tried to float it over to cold and <laughs> over through it, but just got to dirt it uh, and and play the next play. And
0: then Matt Eberflus, after the game, talking about the interception, the response from Justin Fields.
2: He's going to tell you the same thing. I should have you to just thrown it away. You know, but what's, what, what you understand about that young man is that, man, he's a fighter, right? So he has the ability, and you've seen it during the course of this year, to reset. So, you know, we talked about it on Sunday. He said, man, just reset. And then sure enough, third and one, boom, there he goes. And, and that's just him. You know he's a fighter through and through, and man, he's tough as nails, and and he's going to continue to do that. Pr- prepare the way he's prepared for each each week.
0: So there you go, Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. You know some other items to kind of look at from the Lions game. Uh, you mentioned the the fact that Jared Goff played well in the second half in the fourth quarter. Bears defense cannot get at him. Uh, that that's going to be an issue if you're not able to chase a quarterback to disrupt to make life difficult for opposing quarterbacks, they're going to stand back there and they're going to find their wide receivers. And they're also, uh, even if you have great coverage, you can't have great coverage for three, four seconds in a play. Mm -hmm. And if there is good coverage, the odds are in their favor because the officials are going to throw the flags for pass interference. Everything is built towards passing in the league. So you have to disrupt the quarterback and it's uh, bothersome that a guy like Jared Goff was basically untouched for most of the competition on Sunday.
1: And that's what we talked about, don't let Jared Goff beat you. And that's exactly what they let happen. They let Jared Goff beat them. You shouldn't have given up. Like I get it. They're a decent offense. They got a good offensive line. He's a subpar quarterback, but he gets he got the job done. You know, he didn't have he they 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 got to him early, but when it mattered, they couldn't do it. I mean, you look at this defense the last 4 weeks. 31st in overall DVOA, 31st against the pass, 23rd against the run. Like, this is not a Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn problem. Like, I'm going to continue to say that. That just because they got rid of those two guys doesn't mean that they would have uh, been better. Like, would, it, would they have helped? Sure. But Robert Quinn didn't have wasn't getting to the quarterback in the first few games when he was here. You know, Roquan had a couple picks and a couple sacks, but they blitzed a lot more this week. And they still couldn't get to Jared Goff. They were They were trying to. like Eberflus got the message. He might have been listening. He, he got the message, though, to go and blitz more. And they did. They blitzed a lot, but they still could not get to him because Jared Goff was just getting the ball out too quickly and they couldn't generate any pressure. Uh, Abdallah,
0: here in town, Jack Sanborn mania is running wild in the streets. Uh, <laughs> Sanborn with the good game on Sunday. 12 tackles, 9 solo, 2 sacks. How about that? 2 quarterback hits. Two tackles for a loss. Sanborn, mania, running wild in the streets of Chicago.
1: Yeah, look, he's good. Uh, undrafted free agent, local guy from Lake Zurich. Like, it's it's a good story. I hope he can keep it up. I hope that, I look, if you can find a guy who can be a starter for you as an undrafted free agent, then that's a good move. By Ryan Poles. Like if you found a guy that fits this system and is playing well, like let's he might be able to replicate that against the Falcons. The Falcons don't have a very good offensive line. The Falcons uh are, are they run the ball a lot, so maybe those tackles for a loss will come into play. So I would say that, you know, hopefully he can keep this up and and be a player because he's gonna be the guy that has to replace Roquan. And if you get a cheap option like him, that helps free agency, right? Because then you don't have to go out and spend big money or a draft pick. On a linebacker because he can he can be the answer. Here's Matt Eberflus yesterday on Monday talking about Jack Sanborn.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he's he's had uh, he's born with good instincts, you know. So he has that. Hold on.
0: His he's name bo- is Sanborn.
2: And he's born with good instincts. Okay.
0: here you go, Matt Everfluss.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's had uh, he's <laughs> born with good instincts, you know. So he has that, you know. He's able to discern <laughs> and read his keys and be on plays fast, you know. So that's that's very helpful uh, to him, you know. I've had linebackers like that over the pat in my past in my career. Uh, that guys can really know where the ball is every time. They're able to see, you know, read, you know, the steps of the back, but also see the lineman in front of them for the keys. And and have their eyes move to one spot to another to diagnose plays uh, really fast. Um, And he has that ability. Um, He he likes to hit. He's he's a guy, you know, if you're a linebacker, you have to like that part of the game, the physical style of the game. And he's also a good, uh, has the good ability to pressure. You know, he can uh, get one on one with a back and has a good ability to uh, get slippery and slide uh, to the side to stay vertical uh, in that rush. Uh, So, um, and he's smart. He's really smart. Uh, really understands the defense, and uh, but yeah, he, he did a nice job. He did a nice job. He's been solid in there for sure. So there
0: you go, Matt Eberflus on Jack Sanborn from Deer Park, Illinois.
2: I like it.
1: I like it. I mean, if he can be someone, cool, awesome. He's cheap. Undrafted free agents. You're not playing him, paying him a lot. That's fine. I like it. I don't know what else there is to say about Jack Sanborn. Keep doing it, man. <laughs> No, I know it's fun. It's it's cool. I mean,
0: clearly he's going to be a fan favorite. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's very obvious the mo- the moment he he entered uh, this situation that the fans at Soldier Field really into it. Uh, I would love to see him to continue to play good football. It'd be nice if he he turned into a player that like he could ha- he could be a, like a solidified starter on this unit, mm-hmm. so it's one less position to worry about. Yeah, and I think you nailed it too at a cheaper price as well. Which there's going to be a lot of heavy lifting done. Uh, this offseason with uh, both the offensive but especially the defensive side of things, trying to get to the quarterback, rush end, maybe another corner you can add to the mix. It's going to be interesting what Ryan Poles has to kind of fix this offseason because that's what a lot of the debate on Monday was about on, on the big show. You know, people are calling saying that this is good, that they lose to the Lions. Well I understand how the draft works. Do you? The worse the record is, the better the draft pick. That's how it works? Yeah, look at you. There's more to life than just wishing and hoping for draft picks, though.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's hidden in this, too. I
0: understand yeah. that you'll be higher, but there is value. There are players here, right, on the roster that will be here next year, Correct. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, the most important player in the
1: franchise, your quarterback, he's expected to be here, right? Well, the, the most important, like, two or three play three or four players even, too. I mean, think about it. You've got you Justin Fields. Komet, Mooney. Mooney, Claypool. Claypool. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, Kyler Gordon. A couple, Gordon, couple of uh, offensive linemen. Jaquan Brisker. Whitehair, yep, Jenkins. Yep.
0: I mean, there there are a handful of players that are, that are going to be here for the future. And suggesting that losing is good for them when you, like, here here's what I would say. Ready? Let, let, me, let me say this. If the Bears were losing each week like they lost the game against the Cowboys and the Packers, where they are just getting blown out, completely blown out of these contests, I would suggest to you that it does not matter. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is this team is good enough. For anyone saying they don't have enough talent, they clearly have enough talent to compete. They're playing one-score games and they're losing at the end. At a certain point for a young franchise, you have to turn the corner and stop finding ways to lose and start learning how to win games. And maybe not all of the pieces are there right now, but I'd say this. There's enough pieces here that they can win some games and especially those notable offensive players that we mentioned, it would be nice to see some wins and tallying some, some confidence, suggesting that this team can kind of go. Like, remember what happened after the Patriots game? The, they were, like, high on momentum. And obviously it didn't work out against the Cowboys. But there, there are, I just think that there is value in winning some football games when some of these key pieces, and, and most importantly, the quarterback, they're already in place. If they didn't have a quarterback and they were losing each week by 20 or 30, I'd say, sure, just tank for the best draft pick. But at the end of the day, selecting 8th or 11th, I don't think is that big of a drop-off when it comes to talent, especially when you're not searching for a quarterback. Drafting 10th and 14th, I don't think is that big of a difference in the first round when you already have your quarterback. Now, obviously, the first pick is better than the 31st pick. I understand that. But the Bears aren't in that situation. They are likely to fall in the muddled bottom teens, like somewhere between 10 and 16, I would guess. I I would imagine that's where they're going to fall, unless they lose out. If they lose out, they'll be a top-five team but i don't know if the value of that is necessarily greater than the value of winning some games because what happens is teams get desperate and they reach for quarterbacks mm-hmm. and you'll still be able to get that best tackle that best uh, wide receiver there will be players available for you to get to build this team and to build the the future of the franchise i don't know i don't i also don't get Uh, the idea that winning doesn't matter when you have a new coaching staff. I think it kind of does because I think there are some questions that we could leave uh, for the head coach, especially when it comes to the offensive side. Like what are they doing with Claypool played 19 snaps on Sunday? Like you traded a second round pick for a player who didn't really play two weeks after he got here. Like what's going on there? I don't know. I think there's more value in winning than there is in just suggesting they have to lose to get the best draft
1: pick. I think that there's value in winning games against teams you're supposed to beat. Like, I wasn't mad that they lost to the Dolphins, because the Dolphins are a better football team. Like, would I have liked to get the win? Sure. But at the end, I was like, this is, this is good. This is fun. This is a good offense. And so they competed with the best offense in the NFL, and they went toe-to-toe with them. And yeah, the def- their defense gave up almost as many points. And that's fine. But coming away Sunday at, you know, 3.30, 3.15, whenever the game was over, like, I was upset because you're supposed to be, like, the teams have to learn how to win and finish games. And so far, the Bears have had five losses that have been one-score games. Now, that could change. By next year, those five games could be wins by one score. And that's fine. But you should be beating teams that you're better than. They are a better team than the Lions. They have a better quarterback. They have better weapons. They should have better weapons. They are a better team than the Lions. They, 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 I think they have a better coach. I don't believe in Dan Campbell. They should have a better coach. And so to me, when you win, you need to learn how to win. Like, I'm going to expect them to win on Sunday against the Falcons. You should beat the Falcons. The Falcons aren't good. We've watched them. They put up some points, but in their last game, they weren't very good. They can run the ball, but guess what? They're worse than the Bears on defense in passing and rushing in an overall DVOA. They're worse than the Bears, that defense. So Justin Fields should be able to put up some points. And this Bears offense should be able to. And again, I'll say it. Don't let Marcus Mariota beat you. Oh. Like, I expect Cordell them to get a heavy dose of Cordell Patterson in the run game. And that's fine. But they, they can't stop the run. But find a way to stop the run. But you shouldn't be letting Marcus Mariota beat you. Like, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that in the last four weeks, if you just isolate the last four weeks, so from the Patriots game on, they have the fifth now overall offense. Fifth. They have yeah. a top five offense in the NFL. Don't tell me whether it's with his arm or with his legs. Doesn't matter. They have a top five offense. If I would have told you that by the end of the year, the Bears would have a top five offense, you would have called me crazy. Yeah. And in the last four weeks, that's exactly what they have. They have a top-five offense. They're fifth in overall DVOA. They're fit, 13th passing. They're fifth rushing. Now, the defense is awful. But you're seeing flat—not more than just flashes now. You're seeing a, a consistently, consistency from Justin Fields on offense. And that's only going to get better when you add offensive line and you add more weapons. That's fine. But now you, that needs to turn into wins. Like, you have to win some games in order for this team to feel good about themselves and be like, oh, feelings, whatever. Everybody should know what they're getting into. They're NFL players. They're there to win games. You're not going to tell Justin Fields to try to lose games or Matt Eberflus to tell his players to try to lose games. Like, Ryan Poles knows what he's doing. He removed talent that other teams wanted for draft picks and he expects them to lose. But also, I bet you he was upset that they lost that game against the Lions, a division game. He's a former football player. He knows what it's like to lose a game, and I'm sure it doesn't sit well with him. There's also going to be a lot of pressure in the offseason
0: uh, as they continue to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Because the whole idea of hope is that you have cap space and draft picks, so there's going to be a lot of pressure in the offseason. And then also, the start of next season, if you continue to lose... The pressure is going to be big to start fast and to win football games from the jump. And I don't know if you can just click and turn it on and say, "Oh, now, now we're trying to win." Oh, okay, here we go. These count. I don't know. It's the NFL; they all count, right? Like, and and so that's why we think this game against the Falcons in Week 11 is big. The Falcons lost on Thursday Night Football to Carolina, twenty-five to fifteen last week. So the Falcons are four and six. They host the Bears. They are the favorite by three points. We will be here on Thursday to talk about that game, Bears and Falcons. Uh, We'll have that preview podcast on Thursday of this week. It's Black and Abdallah. It's the Bear Down podcast. We talk Bears with you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll talk to you Thursday. Preview the Bears and the Falcons right here on the ESPN Chicago app.